This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand, providing high-strength, informed, sports-certified formulations to support recovery, boost immunity, and relieve joint inflammation for endurance athletes. Welcome to episode number 255 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another week of the show. Massive thanks to our Patreon supporters. Keep the show alive each and every week. Got a bit coming actually this week. We had the Australian Marathon Champs at Sydney. Town Relays happen. City to Bay happen over in South Australia. Listen to question. Melbourne Marathon segment. Brody Harper's going to be joining me for that. Moose, stop typing because ever since you got that new laptop, it's been doing the listeners' heads in you typing in the mm. background there. And Moose will be on the loose purchase of the week, which is hopefully a uh, keyboard silencer, which would be going well. <laughs> Welcome, my co-host up in Canberra, Bradley, Bradley Croker. How are you going? Thanks, Brady. Good, uh, good that you put him in his place pretty early today. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to do typing. what? I'm trying to work. I'm trying to write down agenda stuff here. How am I supposed to do it? Just put, put your computer on mute or something when you go to type. You know, you can put Skype on mute, Moose. Yeah, well, I'll put you on mute. I don't normally put me on mute. <laughs> Hey, young Croaks, what's going on? A bit tired? You're just telling me off air. Uh, yeah, had a weekend of birthdays. So it was Viv's birthday Saturday, Lily's today, but her birthday party yesterday. So, um, yeah, and then work today. So we're uh, a week behind you, Brady. Our school holidays don't start till next week. Yeah, we're this week, but I think we're going to hit a snag in term four because I think we've had like three 10-week terms, and then next week is – oh, next term's like a 12 or 13er to finish off the, the year. Mm. But you got lucky because there's two public holidays this week. Yeah, oh, you don't have good. the AFL that's one. Good. That's not good for No, we only get one, but that's not good for me because I'm a relief teacher and I normally go in on a Thursday, oh, yeah. so I won't be getting paid. Shocking <laughs> for me, school holidays, and I've got two public holidays in there. But anyway, that's right. Moose, how are you going this week? Welcome to the show, the 214 Marathon Man. I've been hearing from the teachers that they're not happy about these public holidays. Shocking, isn't it? Get two public yeah. holidays and they fall in your in your in your yearly holidays. Yeah, but I guess uh, that's just part of being a teacher, isn't it? Yeah, shouldn't be complaining. Still, you are on weeks. You are exactly. You're on a two week break, paid. Yeah, shouldn't be complaining. You get paid even though you're not like a well, proper teacher. I, I don't. I don't get paid. I yeah. get paid because I'm a proper teacher, but Moose. I've gone back to being. Are you a full timer now? Um, no, I don't work full time, but I I'm on a contract. Right. Point, point you, six, but, I think I work. Three days. get nothing. 
I'm just casual. I'm just casual. What he, do you reckon you average, Croaks? He a makes week, more a day, days? though. <laughs> um, probably, I probably average two and a half over the term. Um, just we like, you know, the other week I missed a full week because I was sick. Well, actually, this term I've missed two full weeks because I've been sick. And then the other weeks I'll do three days. So, so I probably, aver- probably average about two and a half. No, I pretty much have my days locked in. So I'm in pretty much every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And oh, so you have to call up and say, I'm no good today. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Gotcha. You'd work every day of the year, though, if you wanted to, couldn't you, Croaks? It's pretty high oh, demand yeah. for I, relief teachers. Yeah, I could get five days at the school if I wanted. Yeah. Anyway, it's not the inside teaching podcast. <laughs> Let's start talking about some running, hey, fellas. Moose, you want to kick us off? Tell us about your week first this week. Can do that. Um, where was I? So there's a few more runs in this this week. Actually had a pretty good week. Body felt great all week. Um, knee pains all gone. So I reckon we started, what, on the 12th? The, yeah, the 12th. I ran in the afternoon on Monday, so 35 minutes, 7.5K. And then next day, again, 40 minutes or so, 7.5K. I ran a couple of hills on this one. I was, I've gone back to just... After having a flare-up in the knee, I've gone back to just running 35, 40 minutes on my easy days and it seems to be working. So I did a little workout, though, on Wednesday, a bit of a, um, like a tune-up for the tan. So this is a, like trying to hit a couple of different paces. Um, it's it's sort of – it's an adjusted moose fartlek, but it's also a bit more threshold. So it's three by five minutes steady. And for steady, I was kind of aiming for about sort of half marathon effort and then a minute jog, then a minute solid, which was more like 5K, 3K effort, and then a minute jog after that. Uh, so I did this in the caravan park. I wanted to run on the, the road, on a pretty flat road. I didn't want to, um, want to, want to go over hills. So I just went on the, the loop. Uh, my splits were first five minute was 322s. 302 for the ones, 319s, and 304s, 315, and 251s. So I actually felt quite good during this workout, and it gave me a bit more confidence for the tan, knowing that I could I could hit sort of three-minute K pace if I wanted to. And, yeah, uh, I mean, it wasn't a hard workout. Sort of jogged, jogged off fine, and the body, most importantly, felt good afterwards. So next day, um, again, just jogged. So a bit slower this time, um, 7K, another 7K. Met up with a, um, a listener, Scott, who did the Surf Coast 100, was staying near my joint, so he just uh, came for a jog um, before his 100K, which was the next day. But that was 10 relays for us. So funnily enough, lined up next to Brady, leg five, I uh, didn't know what I, what to expect actually in terms of how fast I, I thought I might run. I was really worried about losing our position, Geelong's position. But then, like, there were a couple of guys around me that I like. We didn't have a stellar team, and there was the only thing that we needed to worry about was being two spots in uh, is being not two spots behind Western Athletics who could take our third position in the um in the season points. Um, so I I got the 
I got tagged fifth runner. And Brady, you were also fifth runner. So we were both at the start line waiting. Uh, Bendigo, I think, had a 30-second lead with when leg four took over. But I reckon Nick Whiteman, who was running our fourth leg, took some time back. So I'm not sure. Did we work out exactly how much time that you had in yeah, front of me? got it back to nine seconds. Nine seconds? Nine seconds it was, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. So... Nine seconds looks a fair way when you when someone's running away from you, because I could, and the tan's pretty crowded. You're a really really small person, so I'm looking ahead. I, all I can see is other people. I can't see you at all. Um, yeah, luckily, I think there's going to be two contrasting stories here, Croaks, to this race. <laughs> so we'll hear Moose's first and then mine a bit later in the show. But just just no listeners, you might be hearing a bullshit version of what actually happened here. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Oh. I was about to pump you up, but not anymore. I'm, so, not, I'm not saying don't pump me up. I'm just saying you're going to hear it from two different perspectives. We'll put it that way. All right. So I, I took the, I took the um, tag nine seconds behind Brady, who was in the lead, and we were in second place. Now, I'm a realist. Brady's been in the top five pretty much all year, top ten. I knew that I wasn't going to chase him down and I knew that I probably wasn't going to run the same time as him. Well, I wasn't going to run the same time as him, so I thought I really have to limit the damage here. And luckily enough, Linen Hall took a tag for the Div, Div 1 women Essendon team about five seconds in front of me, I reckon. Or maybe she went off behind you, didn't she, Brady? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so I reckon about five seconds or very similar time to you. Um, and she's a bit taller and she's a bit bouncier. And so I had a good look at Lyndon's back as I was running off the, the um, line and I thought, oh, great, I've got someone that I can sort of focus on and chase down like a carrot ahead of me. <laughs> and, and, and then that carrot started getting further away from me uh, down on the, the, the bottom um, – portion of the tan so you have 800 meters pretty flat before you turn right and head straight up anderson street but it starts climbing a bit earlier than that before you hit the corner there's a bit of a false flat where you your heart rate goes up and things get a bit harder and then you hit the hill and it's like okay this is pretty steep i always forget how steep anderson street is um and then so i got to the bottom of the hill and i'm like shit these guys Lyndon was sitting on, right on Brady at that point. I'm like, what's happening here? How can, is Brady going really slowly? In my head, I thought, I wonder if he knows that's Lyndon and not me. Um, and then I thought, geez, Lyndon must be on record pace here because I've checked my watch and I'm not going that bad. I think I was at like 310 at the bottom of the hill. And I thought, oh, boy, this is um, – this is going to get interesting, but by the top of the hill, you had really separated from Lyndon, and I actually couldn't really see you anymore, um, but I could see Lyndon, and, and slowly Lyndon came back to me, so I reckon I caught her about uh, 1,500, 2K maybe, um, and by that stage, we were sort of hitting a, down, a downhill for the last about K, I reckon, um, and my legs were, were ticking over all right, but um, I couldn't get fast enough to to, to really uh, hit the pace that I wanted. Um, 
aerobically I was okay, but it was just more my legs wasn't weren't ticking over enough. And I've got no work at that pace, so I didn't expect it. In the end, I ran eleven forty six, I think eleven eleven forty six, and um, I'm pretty happy with that. Like it was the fourth score on the Geelong team, so we had Toby, um, Ben Moynihan, Nick Whiteman, and then and then me. So I, I, I outscored a couple of other guys who have, who have beaten me during the year. Uh, Geelong came second in the end, so we held our position on the leg, and uh, it was a good day. It was a, like I had fun out there. It was great. The Tans are an awesome place to to do a relay because it's so quick, and you can see everyone on your warm up and cool down, and yeah, good vibes. Yeah, it's uh, a good, it was a good run yeah. from you. Like when you look at what the work you've put in over the last three months. Yeah, it, a bit surprising. It, yeah, but team brings it out in me really like the team aspect knowing there's a bit of pressure on on giving up a lead and i tell you what there was about three or four blokes in div five that were just eyeing me off like i was the last one picked for div one so all these div five blokes just looking up going i reckon i've got him i reckon and we're going to make him look really stupid by running 10 seconds faster so i had a lot of pressure from that that angle did any of the div five guys run quicker than anyone in premier division uh, no, but it was like two seconds different, maybe. Good team um, selection, though. That's good. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty close. Uh, but yeah, got it. We yeah, we we nailed the team selection. It was a bit, it's a bit of a round table. Our selection goes into a few message groups and comes out at the end with a um, with a selection, and we I think we got it right. Uh, run Sunday, I did fifteen k in the group. Ran down along the cliffs in Anglesey, uh, pretty much leg one of the Surf Coast Century, like a big portion of it. Out and back with the group, the guys had a workout. This was actually a really nice little run. Um, I felt great, like my legs were up and about and, and I had no soreness really, just a bit of doms from the race. So I ended up hitting, I'm gonna say like 68K for the week. But the best thing is my body feels good. And like I'm up, I'm getting motivated again. So I'm really looking this next month. I, I want to just put in a consistent block where I hit like four weeks of maybe 70, 80 K and uh, see what happens on the other side. How is the motivation going to be able to stay up? Like, obviously you just said you love the team aspect, but AV is now finished. The 10th round finished on Saturday. Have you got something you look at it? Maybe you know, mid-October, November, to keep that fire alive and something to aim for? Nothing in October, but I actually, I, I need the training. Like, the races have been hurting my mm. training. The, the AV season is great for someone who is fit to handle it and doesn't need to build back, but I need to build back. And having a race every three or four weeks, um, or even every three weeks, just, it hurts my training too much. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna look forward to to not having DOMs from because the workouts that I'm doing won't make me sore. Um, so I'm gonna look to sort of add in a, an easy long run again. So get back up to like 20k. Keep the workout similar, pretty cruisy. Um, just a bit of fast stuff and a bit of tempo stuff, and 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 that's me. Yeah, fair enough, Bradley. Yep. Tell us about your week. How are the lungs coming off the pneumonia? All good. Uh, yeah, so my week wasn't as eventful as Moose's. Um, I didn't run until 
Wednesday because I think that was pretty much like the last day that I was <clears throat> taking the antibiotics. And um, I just jumped on the treadmill. I didn't want to do too much. Um, one, because I wanted, wasn't sure how the lungs would be, but also it's pretty much two weeks since I've run. And as we know, like two, two weeks of no running for me, like back, hips, it can all go pretty haywire. So I jumped on, uh, set the treadmill at 12K an hour, which is five minute Ks. And I just did two by 10 minutes um, and jumped off for about 90 seconds in between. Um, I was surprised how well, like my back and hips were all pretty good, like considering I hadn't run for two weeks, heart rate was high. Like I didn't feel like I could have talked the whole time, like, I, but my heart rate hit like 150 at that like five minute Ks for 10 minutes, um, which is pretty high. Like uh, two or three weeks earlier when I did that five, four, three, two, one, five minute session, like I averaged, I think, 155 for the whole session. And here I'm running five-minute Ks and my heart rate's 150. Um, but that happens. When you haven't run for a couple of weeks, it's more I think you're just inefficient. Um, but got through that fine. Next day I jumped on the treadmill again, um, was going to just be guided by heart rate again. So if my heart rate you know, got back up to sort of 150, I would have taken a break. Um, but in the space of a day, like my heart rate was way lower. Like I averaged 136 for 30 minutes at five minute k's um so i don't don't think i even cracked 140 a day later so that was good uh next day did 45 minutes on the treadmill same pace five minute k's um i think i wore the heart rate strap similar sort of heart rate mid 130s and then the weekend um bumped it up to 60 minutes uh also went from like 12k to 12 and a half k an hour on the saturday which is like 448s um and then yesterday uh, yeah, did another hour on the treadmill, uh, 13K an hour, um, which is 4.37. So, uh, yeah, 44.5K for the week. And today was the first day that I ran outside, and running outside was um, much harder on my body. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm not, not very fit. Uh, yeah, slowly trying to, I guess, build consistency again, like, just looking at my towers since Gold Coast, it's been pretty shit. Like, you know, it was basically two weeks, two weeks pretty down after the after the marathon, which is to be expected. I then had one week of training, was sick for two weeks, strung together three weeks of training, and then I've pretty much missed the last two weeks. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it sucks. Sucks coming back again. Yeah, you know, I'm just looking at them now. Those three where you'll just rebuild nicely yeah. back up to like 150, 160, but then yeah. pretty much nothing for three. Today was very much like January where you go out and definitely from a cardio point of view, I was fine, but my legs were just just felt banged up and my like my hip flexors and my adductors were starting to get like just tight, um, which like that'll go that'll go away, but it's just. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating. You've, you've been sitting down lots because you're sick. Um, yeah, like I haven't been moving a lot, but that, and that's why I was surprised by my, tre my my treadmill runs actually felt really good, and, and I I'm glad that I started by doing four days on the treadmill because I came away from it feeling actually pretty good about how I was moving, um, and then yeah, tested the waters today outside, and it wasn't quite as uh, <laughs> quite as enjoyable. Because of the hills, you reckon? Um, oh, just just different, just different motor pattern, I suppose, as well. Um, yeah. Plus, and just yeah, just after work, I was a bit um, yeah, just wasn't moving quite as well. But it'll it'll come back. Yeah, and like, 
You've still got a good 12 months behind you. Once you string three or four back together. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just different if you hardly ran over the last eight week, um, eight months. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I'm sure in two two weeks I'll be yeah. like, I'll be going to K again. Like, I was probably going to meet up with one of the guys I coached tomorrow and just join him for his session, um, you know, just to, you know, break, it, break up the jogging. Um, but it's more just frustrating when you're in this cycle of, like, you know, a couple of weeks, then you get sick, mm. and then a couple of weeks, and then, like, who knows? Like, you know, do I string together another two weeks now and then get sick again? Like, you just, yeah. Um, but the, the positive was my knee. I haven't noticed my knee since um, I've started back running. And before I got sick, um, I'd sort of noticed my – I'd started to notice the knee before 60 minutes of running. So that's that's a positive. Have you looked into um, or any more about Japan getting in there? Because nah. you've still got 11 weeks, don't you, if you want to do foot worker? <laughs> no, nah, it's, 10, it's 10 this weekend. I'm, I won't be going to Japan. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm, like it's Hobart and Jan. <laughs> yeah, probably not that either. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I can't just, oh, I yeah. can't just, I can't Houston just Crooks. spending money to go to Japan when like it's ten weeks away. I haven't run for the last two. Um, it would just be yeah. Nah. Well, take the kids, mate. Take the kids. Go to Japan. Give it two oh, yeah. weeks, Chris. Give it two weeks. I won't be going. Oh, no, I've made my, I've made my call. I'm not going to Japan. He smacked two hours in Mulligan in be... two weeks' time, and I reckon readjust, reset. I, I, I think I've pretty much written off the rest of the year. I think I'll just be chilling, chilling till the end of the year. And then... It's September. Yeah. Well, just... months left. <laughs> we go through this conversation most months. We'll I don't give a shit. This. We'll get him. don't give a shit about racing, to be honest. No, I, I just want to get back to covering the ground well. Yeah. It could be next week. Cover the ground next week. Yeah, could be. Yeah. could be tomorrow. You'll be surprised how quick he comes back. Um, That's your week. My week, yeah. So what I did, I did 60 minutes on Monday, 4.32s, and then 7K in the afternoon at 4.33s. Tuesday, met up with Archie. We did some uh, 2K reps around that 3.14, 3.15 pace. We often do this pace on Tuesday, off a minute jog. Still cold. Like felt like negative two, I think it said on Strava, for like mid-September. So um, I shouldn't be complaining about it because I'll be complaining soon that it's too hot, but usually it's warmer up here at this time of the year. Fun workout, like you feel like you're covering the ground well without putting your body under too much stress. One minute recovery is plenty of time to kind of hit that pace. Um, He did five, so I did the last one solo. And then 7K in the afternoon, uh, put a bit of a video up on my Strava boys. Did you see how high the river is? See the Murray River? Didn't click on it. Oh, no, man. I didn't click on it. Should have watched it. Should have no. watched it, boys. Some nice video action there on Strava. Nice little trail action there. Uh, I didn't when... know it was a video, to be honest. I just saw it and I thought, that's a shit photo. It was terrible Why would photo. he put up this awful yeah. photo? But yeah. apparently... Don't talk about shit photos, Moose, on Strava. <laughs> that's next week. We're going to be talking about that. Ooh. And I cannot wait. <laughs> I'm so excited. Can't wait to check Strava every morning and see what he uploads now. Uh, but apparently, what Moose? Uh, oh, it it doesn't tell you that it's a video when you look at it. Oh, so is it to only me, on your I, phone? I looked at it and I'm like, this is. How do I know it's high? I can't really see. It's nearly on the um, road. No, oh, but you can't really see that from the screen, like yeah. the snapshot of it. Mm. It's anyway. Actually, it was confusing. I thought that more time needs to be spent on this, Brady. That's the last thing I want to do. Confuse my followers out there. So I'll work on that. Uh, Wednesday, got up early, 
to uh, do two hours before work, average 407s. That was nice, just ticking along. Two hours is like my new, two hours isn't a thing for me anymore. I can do two hours and it doesn't feel like a long run, so I'm in a good spot there. Long day at work, but then I did half an hour afterwards at 4.30s. Thursday, 16K in the morning, 4.31s. Listen to Road to Berlin. That was great, Croaks. I enjoyed it. I wish we started earlier so we had more more episodes with the great man Christian from Norway. How was mm. chuckling in the last five minutes? Here in the um, the drinks chat and the bets yeah. chat. So um, the bets chat, mate. That guy has so much money. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I took rich bastard. Took, took credit for the music too, Brady. I see the music was unbelievable. He's gonna do it. He's gonna break two twenty because I've just got this feeling. I listened to that last five minutes. I was filled with absolute joy in listening to it, and then to go out with a song because people who don't aren't on Patreon every week we host we pick the intro and outro music whoever hosts it I think everyone thinks I pick it so I take credit when we get good feedback and I blame you guys when we get bad feedback but Croaks went out with um, Dreams by the Cranberries and I'm just like geez this is a good song and I just finished that run with a massive smile on my face like good song good podcast episode I'm like the man is going to break 220 I've just got good energy coming out of that podcast series and it's going to happen this Sunday night um, our time, his his morning time. So, um, which may have get... cooked it though. <laughs> may have cooked it. Nah, I don't think so. I think you're too hard on in there, Croaks. But we'll talk about that in oh, this week's show. I don't reckon I was hard. I don't reckon I was uh, hard enough. He needed. He needed. <laughs> it wasn't his time to be hard though, because it yeah. wasn't his week. It's right. Oh yeah, true. Um, question. It's your chance to get into him. Question for you though, Bradley. Cranberries, mm. best song. Dreams, linger, or zombie. You can only oh. listen to one for the rest of your life. Which one do you choose? Mm. Uh, I, uh, Jeez, I don't know. Question, it's hard. It? They're, they're, they're all three are in my playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too Zombie. Hard to pick. Zombie, Zombie. It's like that's a that's a powerful song. It is. I reckon they're all pretty powerful though, for different reasons. Mm, I wonder true. which one has the most plays on um, Spotify. That'd be oh, interesting been, to look up. Listen to the Bromley Lynch podcast. No, what's that? Oh, <laughs> it's a couple. It's a couple of boys from um, couple of boys from Ballarat. Actually, Darren Lynch's nephews, uh, the Bromley Lynch twins. So they got a podcast, like Producey do it, and they they get guests on like Hugh Van Kylenberg and there's a bunch of guys and names I know that I don't actually know who they are. Like, um, oh Dylan Buckley maybe. Oh yeah, he's the AFL guy. And who's the other guy like uh, that they always talk about? Yeah, Dylan. Some is it Dylan? Someone? He's on Twitter all the time too. They they seem like they do a bit of a circle through all the podcasters. Anyway, um, they have a quiz, and one of their questions is always, which song has the um, highest Spotify play count of the? And then they line reel off three. Yeah. And it's never the one that you think, but that's the exact question you just asked. Oh, really? Yeah. Zombies like, absolutely smashing the other two. Yeah, it has to be. It's the best it's the best of the seven hundred and ninety two mil compared to four hundred for Linger and then two hundred and seventy one for Dreams. Yeah. Yeah, it's a surprise for your Monday night. Anyway, that was my Thursday. Got out for thirty five minutes in the afternoon at four twenties. Now I'm covering it well when I'm running four twenties. Friday, easy hour in the morning. Uh, then 30 minutes in the afternoon. Then we drove to Bendigo, Archie, Glenn and I, because the bus was leaving for the town Relays at 5.45am on um, Saturday morning. So we couldn't come from Machuca, so we had to go to Bendigo. 
filled up a couple of Askies for beers for the way home, and then we got on the bus at 5.45, got to the town, realised, never really rate the town, I think. I think when you don't, when, when you don't live in Melbourne, the times don't mean as much to you. But this year, similar to what you were saying before, Moose, I got it all up and about for the town, realised I was excited to have a crack around there. Don't think I'd gone around there for about 10 years. Looked up some old times, spoke about it last week, wanted to try and get into the top 100, wanted to try and get your PB croaks of 11.16, oh. which mm-hmm. was going to get me in there. Would have been uh, nice to get that. And then the bat, Sandy Buchanan, got us off to a nice lead. I think it got out to about 35 seconds at one stage. And then, um, as Moose said, we're all in the kind of starters pen. And Moose was more confident than I was aware that the gap was getting smaller. I still thought the gap was like 35 seconds. And Moose was trying to psych me out, Croak saying, you know, he's coming for me and he's got a, sh- a rock in his shoe, but that's, that's not going to slow him down too much. And, mm. and Lyndon's also like hovering around. She's got bib number one on. Um, she's also in the kind of starters gaze there. And um, yeah, I was kind of pretty relaxed, just kind of just chilling, thinking we've got this sewn up. Don't know what Moose is talking about. And then I got the high five. Um, picked up the timing chip, passed that over. And just my plan was to float almost the first 800 because so many times I've done this race and I've cooked the first 800 and then cooked the hill. And then when you get to the top of the hill, you're absolutely spent and you kind of can't make the most of the downhill. So that was my strategy going in. I told Archie the same thing. He ran 11.11 in like leg two. So I'm like, okay, I should be around about maybe that like 11.20, 11.15 if I have a good day. And then take off um, and within like five seconds, I just hear these like footsteps behind me. And in my head, I'm thinking I'm 35 seconds ahead. What the hell's going on here? I knew it wasn't Moose's footsteps because he'd be way heavier smacking the ground. And then um, I just kind of put the brakes on a tiny bit, just being like, whoever this is, like, they can just go straight past me if they if they want to go quicker. Because I'm looking at my watch and I'm running like 250 pace. We've already gone out too hard, even though I wanted to slow down a bit. And um, then we run past some people and some in the opposite direction and they yell out, you know, go Brady. And they're like, go Lyndon. And I'm like, shit, Lyndon Hall, like she is gone. She's going out quick. And then like one half of my brain is like, okay, like maybe I'm a bit tired. I think I'd already ran like 130K by the time mm. the town realized and rolled around. Maybe Lyndon's going for this record. Maybe I'm just having a, having a bad day and I'm just slowing her down kind of thing. And then I start hearing these bigger footsteps croaks from, from behind Lyndon. So like Moose has then got on the back as well. So it's like a big battle of the Titans there. You got a guy who's won two stall sashes, leading, you know, a two-time Olympian, previous Australian record holder in Lyndon Hall. And then you got Big Moose, the world champs representative at 219, right behind her. So it's like this massive like battle of the Titans just heading down the most iconic path in Melbourne there. A real like Muhammad Ali ronda rousey mike tyson kind of set up all in the same ring at the same time so i just threw the brakes on a bit more i just thought no i'm not going to lead these two big dogs through if um if they're just going to sit on me the whole time and then no one really made a move and then we got to the hill and i thought i'll just put in because moves always gives me shit how i'm no good at running hills so i thought i'll just put a bit of a effort in the top of the hill got rid of him got rid of linden and then um continued to put about 30 seconds in a moose and about a minute into Linden over the next couple of K, come down the hill super strong, got the bats back out to 35 seconds, and then we held on for the win. So that was my race. And I bet your time by one second, Crooks, 11.15 officially. 
which I don't think is going to be quick enough to get me in the top 100 because I'm pretty sure heaps of guys run way, way quicker and they're going to boot us out. So, um, man, you will both be out, I think. But it was good. I can, I can live with that. Yeah, I can't. I was really stoked to try and get in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm running there in once. There. So, like, I'm, like, I'm like you. The tan doesn't mean much to, like, to a guy that lives in Canberra and has like, raced there once. Yeah. yeah. I like it. It was a good race. It was good to, um, yeah, then passed over to Matty Buckle, and then he got the job done for the bats in the last leg there. So good celebrations. Had a few beers on the way home, and then we went to a, uh, a function at a pub in Bendigo there, which was uh, was good to see most of the team there. And then Archie and I caught the uh, V-line train. No, it was meant to be a train, but it was a bus back to Echuca at like 9pm. Probably never catching public transport again. There were some real rare cats on that bus. Got home at about oh, 11, I think it was. And then, um, yeah, I didn't get out. Till, I was a bit seedy Sunday morning and wanted to spend some time with the kids after Carly had them for the whole day Saturday. So I got out at 10.20am. Um, and, yeah, first minute, goose got hammered by rain. And I was really tempted just to turn turn around and go home because I was thinking this is not good for a long run, being a bit hungover and also wet and cold in the first uh, minute. But I got it done, put a podcast in, put some music on after the podcast, and um, yeah, I did 2,050 at 4.05 pace, and yeah, covering the ground well. Felt great, considering I probably shouldn't have been. I don't know if it's maybe I was activated from hitting the Anderson Street Hill the day before, but I was covering the ground nicely. Uh, the last probably 14k, I had a nice tailwind and was rolling kind of like 355s on the way home. And um, yeah, it was a nice little little long run. I'm definitely feeling stronger over the longer stuff, which is where I want to take this training on the way to Valencia. Like not 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 worry about that kind of 250, 255k pace in in quicker sessions, but make sure I'm hitting two good long runs and um, feeling fit. I want to take on the distance, not so much the speed. That's my issue. So Thoughts was on that run, Moose, the day after a race, hungover. Oh mate, this was. You can see my comment. You can see my thoughts in the comments. Yeah, what did you say? Attention seeking. I didn't even name the run. No, but... I feel I feel like he's got the whole now. Like target is Valencia, so I now need to of up everything. The target is Valencia. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, try to run like... 200k this week on school holidays. I was thinking that's a good idea. It's a good idea. Um, how long you got? Eight weeks? Nah, ten. I think ten. Got and you have a break. Yeah, right? I've got a break penciled in for. Let me tell 200... you. 200k this week or a break? Which one? No, no, I'm not having a break this week. I just can't. I had a break you'll last week. You'll do 200k in the first four days and then have a break for the second half of the week. I was going to do 200k the next two weeks when I'm on school holidays. I've got a down week on the 24th of the 10th in between six and five weeks out. It's like five weeks out from now. Yeah, that's in the middle of the block. In the middle of the block. Mm, interesting. Good. No, I, I mean, I forgot you were... When I saw the run, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's very up and about here. Like, bit, like he's he's riding high. Looks they better than it is. Mate, Brad, you should have seen them come in out, off, out of their cars, walking into the tan. They all had, the, they had these shirts on. It looked like someone's kids actually drawing a bat on the shirt. <laughs> um, oh, don't they? It was a very funny joke that I made on the podium. Um, anyway. Good, yeah. Well, Fair bit of arrogance about that, considering the season wasn't over. The season so, was over. We had those. Rec- had a more a couple of months ago. Just on those t-shirts, few, though. We're going to be selling. Can I just get this plug in, Croaks? Because we've got a thousand of them. We've only got a thousand Mate, to sell. You can't sell premiership shirts. 
This is the other, bo- this is the other, the bo- like the so, bone that we There's only a here. thousand listeners. They go on sale Wednesday. So keep an eye on the Benio Bats socials. There'll only be one run of these these t shirts. Benio Bats social. I'll also share it on my own Strava and Instagram. Be a part of the Benigo Bats membership supporters by your very own. Hey, what's your second team, Brady? A three, the brand of the t-shirt is a very high quality A three. A S, no A S, the brand of the t-shirt is very high quality. Same as the Inside Run podcast one, boys. Same supplier. So uh, nice little bat thing there. Get yourself a bit of merch. Probably How did your five once. team go in the um in Div- the standings for the year? Div four. Div four. They win it. Yep, they won it. What about the under? You got. Was there people wearing that shirt that didn't win their premiership? Everyone won the premiership. Everyone this, from Bendigo. This is what they were, the email I got today. Yep. So women's Div Four was undefeated for the whole season. They become premiers. Men's Division One also premiers. Um, what else have I got here? Men's. You've got Divi- more than that. You got kids, right? Men's Division Four premiers. Men's Division Seven premiers. Under eighteen boys premiers. There was heaps of them at the presentation there, Moose. Uh, okay, I'll put, all right. I'll pay you that. But I thought even I didn't Andy in the video the is like, team. yeah, you should see this culture coming through. It's good. What's the email? We, we had seventy different individuals represent Bendigo for the season. Can we stop celebrating it now? Now it's over, right? We gotta, that, that, was gonna be my co- that was going to be my comment. So many listeners will be so happy that cross country season. Gross. Is over. Like your your wife, Brady. Your wife sent a message saying, "Yeah, I fast forward the AV chat." Massive, (laughs) massive thanks to my wife for carrying me through for the season. But I I spoke to a lot of runners from different teams. You're talking Um, shit, whatever you're about to say. No, I'm I'm not. And there's a general distaste towards Bendigo right now and how they're up like all of the celebrating and the in your face with the t-shirts and the podcast it's good it's good it's good for the sport because next year you've got a lot of teams come out just want to smack you up yeah um we're good at talking shit and then backing it up yeah we'll we'll see next year how we go it's all about this year i don't care i mean i'm living in the moment moose not worrying about next year yet congratulations on your win Thank now you. Let, let's move on. You won't hear from us until April when we win Giles Park. Thank nah. God. Think, think I'm having a few off. But yeah, listeners, keep an eye out for those t-shirt sales. Let's thank some Patreon supporters, boys. Who's going right. first? I'll go, I'll go first. Uh, quality athlete, George Phillips. I believe George lives in the UK. Uh, came 24th in the Great North Run, uh, was it two weeks ago? Uh, 67.43. Runs for the Knots Club. Uh, he's run 2.24 for the marathon, which he did at Manchester. I believe that was his debut. 15.02 for 5K and 31.24 for 10K, according uh, to his Run Britain page. So um, great running, and thanks for your support, George. He's in form, though. Mm. That's, the, that's by far the best result of those PBs. Yeah, smack that marathon next time he mm. does one. I wonder what he's in got form. coming up, because Manchester was earlier in the year, wasn't it? That North Run, though, Asterix next to that. Hmm. It's more like a Boston Asterix, though, isn't it? Yeah, Asterix is Asterix, man. Yeah, that's true. Who you got, Moose? Who are you thinking? Will Pierce. He's from Horsham in the UK. That's a funny place to put a Horsham in UK. You know, like, did they copy our Horsham, you reckon? <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah. Uh, 
great at tracking shoes has a pair of the um the pre next percent what's that mean pre next percent oh i was hoping you were going to tell me actually because <laughs> i've seen these next percenters getting around or maybe the alpha flies but they got like um quotes from prefontaine on them have you seen these I saw them on his profile today, and I'd seen a couple of other people putting them on Instagram, and I thought it was an actual thing. So it's got like... I haven't seen him. Yeah. Type his name in Strava. No, no. Chuck a pick in the group. Um, Maybe he's going to debut in London in a few weeks. Maybe he is, based off his training, you reckon? Yeah, I think Um, so. 1625, 35.11... Targets targeting around 245, Brady reckons. So just getting his carb load specific sorted. Uh, we've moved on to LinkedIn here. Experienced researcher with a demonstrated history of working in the pharmaceuticals industry. Oh, big bad wolf, pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. industry. Big pharma. Big, big farm, big pharma, yeah. Well, if he's as marathon fit as he is, he's 5K, he should be able to run a fair bit faster than 245, I reckon. 1625. Have a look at these uh, shoes I'm about to send you, Moose. Coming through now. Have a look at those why I thank our next Patreon supporter. Because um, I'll get your thoughts on them when I can finally uh, upload this photo. This is great radio, but I'm going to get their listeners because I want to know if this is a thing or not, this this brand of shoe. Um, I am going to thank... Clint Anderson from Mitcham in Victoria. Hope I got this right, Clint. 1932 for the Lilydale Lake Park Run, 42.42 at the Sunshine Coast 10K and 131 at the Gold Coast Half Marathon this year in the rain that morning. Uh, 3.36 at Melbourne Marathon in 2019. So a massive thanks for your support, Clint. All the patrons over there on patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast keeps the show alive each and every week heaps of bonus content on there just talking about christian get early release what else to get over there croaks get the uncut version of the show yeah a few uh, a few listener question bonus episodes oh yeah a few of those road to uh, new york shoe geeks went there actually today still a week off hitting the airways for the public so you get that early as well Mm. Remember the road to Valencia? Yeah, you, yeah, these UK yeah. guys would love that. Yeah, that was um, that was before Clousey was a big deal, wasn't it? We yeah, got it was, him early. It was, it was Clousey, uh, um, Paul Martelletti, and uh, who was the other one? Your mate, Prince of. Uh, yeah, Prince of uh, Penzance. Penzance, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he still run that guy. I don't know. I haven't seen you on. No, I haven't seen you on Strava. Oh, what was his name? We should know that. <laughs> He was funny, man. He was like funny. Him. What was Very his name, Moose? Uh, oh, shit. You know where he lived? He owned a wedding um, function centre, remember? Yeah, yeah. He'd, been on that, he'd been on like Ramsey's Hotel Nightmares <laughs> right. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll have to... We'll, we'll, Pete LeGrasse, that was it. Oh, that's Pete. it. Yeah, Pete. Pete. I liked him. I thought he was good value. Yeah, he oh, was. Yeah. Highest IQ of the three of them by far, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that series is there. Did you get that photo of the shoes? Yeah, mm. that was like a um, – it's just a special colour they released. Like, it's a very ugly shoe. I'm going to be real. Like, it's a very ugly shoe colour. So is it like a Prefontaine-like version model? Oh, it's just a quote on there, I think. Um, yeah, it looks like it is, but 
I, I mean, I didn't see it. I didn't see this come out. I think it might have just gone online only. Okay. That's good. Anyway, patreon.com forward slash inside run podcast if you want to know more about that stuff. Let's get into the running news. Croaks take us to Sydney first. The Australian Marathon Championships were there as part of the Sydney Blackmores Running Festival. Yeah, so we'll start with the Australian um, marathon results as opposed to the overall winner. But um, yeah, in the Australian marathon champs in the males, Reese Edwards was first in 217.24. Um, I believe he's backing up in a couple of weeks and doing Melbourne. Uh, James Nipris was second. This is his uh, marathon debut, 221.47. And Aidan Hobbs was third in 223.24. Uh, in the women's, Regina uh, Wright uh, won in 247.40. Heidi Griffiths, second, 3 hours 20.46. And third was Adrian Dixon in 3.24 flat. Uh, in the team's events, Queensland... Hold, Hold up. Yep. Let's go back a bit. You're saying the Australian Marathon Championships. Yeah. Third place in the National Championship. Like, nothing against these ladies but third place ran three hours 24 minutes but as we said moose last week the <laughs> the championships got announced like what the week before the championships so that's always going to uh i guess limit the amount of people that are in the field um but yeah i know i know what you're saying uh, there would have been you know, women, Australian women in front of that time, but you have to be registered with an athletics club and stuff too, don't you? Uh, yeah. And nominate for yeah. the Australian Championships, yeah. Yeah, so it's like even if I was to have raced Gold Coast, because I'm not a member of a club, like I wouldn't have been eligible for any of the Oceana stuff. You've got to nominate a, for the Championships? Because I'm, I'm not a member of a club, yeah. I think then you've got to be nominated through your state. Oh, so like say there's – say – Emma Smith, random lady, is a member of Athletics Chilwell in July and goes and runs Sydney in in two hours 50. If she hasn't put her hand up and said, I want to nominate for the Australian Championships, she doesn't become second in Australia? No, no, good question. Mm. I would assume that maybe there is an Australian Championship start list before the start of people who have nominated yeah, and then they see what the results of those people are. Not going through the results and seeing where the Australian people, and then because they'd be too confusing that way. Cause you'd have to look at every individual and check if they're a member of an athletes club. Mm. Yeah, but um, then there would have there would have been females um, who you know broke three hours who are Australian but just aren't members of clubs. Yeah, and like obviously aren't aren't uh, aren't eligible for an Australian marathon medal. Mm. so um anyway we just like it's a shame you know we spoke about it last week that you know there's no way a national marathon championship should be announced two weeks before the event like we all know how long it takes to train for a marathon or be interested in training for a marathon this is something that should be out months in advance not weeks um so and and this is reflected also in the team's event so queensland won the men's uh with 10 points uh, New South Wales was second with 11 points. There was no bronze, and there were no women's teams entered in the championship. So pretty uh, sorry state of affairs with the Australian Marathon Championships. Mm. Yeah, that's sad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It should be a year, really. Like, 
a year is a good amount of time so you can plan around it. If you're gonna if if someone is gonna take a national championship seriously like they should, then you need to know like um marathoning, that's how far you need to know in advance to plan a year. Yep. Agreed. With the allocation of the uh points for an Australian marathon championship, does races two seventeen mean anything? Oh, I have to go into that. <laughs> Didn't we have a look to see what a national champs was worth last week? It was like a yeah. I sent that through. Was it seventy points? I I, I said, but I actually didn't know what seventy points or, meant. No, I think I thought seventy points was maybe the ocean. Was that the Oceania champs? Maybe it was. Yeah, I think you still yes. said it was something pretty significant time wise. Yeah, was... I think I did. I think it worked out like if someone was to run. Oh, what did I say? It was about this. It was about like two seventeen. I I, I had a look through the um the spreadsheet and. It's in our group chat, but basically, if someone runs like two eighteen or so, then it gets cut down to like a, what a two thirteen would be worth. And so, at, at, at a um, at a, a, a race where they don't get extra points for it to win the championship and run that time, so it's pretty good for. Um, I don't think it will have any weight for Regina um, at two forty seven, but Reese, if he goes and blasts another marathon. With like a deep, like say he runs two thirty twelve two thirteen somewhere, the points accumulation like the the, the like the two ad points together will be great for his ranking. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'll try and find because I'm they do have the world rankings up. I'll see if I can uh, find out if Reese if if the results from the weekend are up for Reese and whether because they they do give you um, two columns. So one is basically the the points for the performance itself so the time that you run and then points like bonus points for being an australian championship or an area championship so i'll see if i can see if that result's already up for reese yeah i found it as well here that we were looking at this last week and in our conversation i said it's classified as a b um race because the area one is an A, so Oceania was A, whereas Sydney was B for the national championships, and that got allocated forty-five points, whereas Gold Coast was seventy points. Mm. So Louis McAfee and Reese have pretty much ran similar times. Lewis gets the seventy points, and um, Reese gets the forty-five. And you said here, Moose, that seventy points is the equivalent of. 213.45 if you've ran 218.07. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, we've got to look. So Reese's, um, Reese's world ranking points at the moment, so they look at your two the two marathons that he's run. So in the in the period he's run 213 twice, um, and both of those have given him 1,105 points, whereas I think yesterday's run, just bear with me, because um, that's up how many points he got for, for, for that, like 217. I think it's like 1,040 or something. Okay. Because he was top 10 as well. I'm not sure if that had anything to do with it. He might get some extra if it's a gold yeah, a gold label or whatever it is. Um, yeah, so 1,040 he got for yesterday's run. So for him, so for that run to be the same as his 213, He'd have to get, you know, yeah, sixty or seventy points. It would take his two seventeen to the equivalent of a two thirteen, and that's why it's so beneficial for the national championships to be held at a fast course. 
because mm-hmm. the point or the Oceania champs to be held for us so that you can go and run fast, get the loaded points and increase your ranking to be up there because running two nine thirty or whatever the whatever the um, auto time is is unrealistic for a lot of us who um, are trying to well not not us <laughs> specifically but a lot of athletes who are chasing um, teams this is the only way they're going to have to do it mm-hmm. and and Sydney's not fast enough for that I mean I'm, yeah I know guys ran two seven yesterday but they were two four guys so yeah you need it to be at a fast place otherwise it's it, it's not beneficial for Australians yeah, because if Reese can go and run 213 somewhere in Australia, which also doubles up as a Aussie Championship or an OCR under Championship, and he gets 70 points on top of that, he takes his 213 to the equivalent of like a 210. Yeah, and he gets in through mm. ranking. That's and, exactly right. This is where the conversation goes because the standards move to 2930. Yeah, it's become more important. So, if, yeah, if none of the fast guys can hit that, it's about playing the point game. But this is also where, like, AA need to be fair on the athletes and give athletes enough warning of, like, all right, where are the Aussie Championships, where are the Oceania Championships, but people can prepare for them. Hmm. Exactly. Like, this is they're, – they're killing they're killing the athletes by doing this. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like – Those ones on the fringe. You really look at this. This is, like, this is actually a, a problem, like a significant problem for Australian athletes. Um, and Athletics Australia, like this, I don't know the term for it when an organisation is just totally like um, cooking it, but <laughs> this is it. Mm. Other notable results there, Moose? Um, notable results. I just put some stuff underneath there. Sinead Dyer. Oh, yeah, the okay. Marathon. So they had a half marathon. Um, Sinead won it in 7309. Um, Moses Cabet. So the race up front was actually a really good race. We saw a pack of dudes. We had two paces. James Hansen, I think, got to – how far did he get? Like uh, 8K, maybe? 8, 8K. Um, I reckon they would have hoped he went a bit further. Um, and then Zane Robertson was supposed to go to 25 or 30, but only got to 12. 12 13, yeah. That's – not ideal um but it didn't seem to matter because the times got run so moses Cabet, he was leading the race for most of it after the paces dropped out he was the one who looked like he was doing the most work he came through and won in 207 three-way sprint basically um through the through the maze or the obstacle course that was the finish line um and he, yeah. So he, that's the fastest t- time ever in a Austra- run in Australia. Mm. So that's impressive, considering um, the course isn't very quick, and there was some. It was a bad. It was a bad finishing sequence, really. Mm. Um, we'll get into that later. So in the ladies, Tigas Germa get at you. He's a two, she's a two nineteen runner. She's run that twice, I think, sub two twenty. She won the women's in two twenty five ten. And it was pretty uh, methodical how she went about it. She just sat, 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 sat. And as soon as she got closer to the end, she thought, start writing that check because I'm coming for it. <laughs> Which is exactly, you could tell why she was out here. Like that, there was no fast times. They weren't interested at all. 
uh, the pace was slow from the start and these girls are like a of the highest caliber and and she came through and made that look so easy yeah um, she certainly did yeah only one male broke 70 in the half as Nishizawa Yuma ran 66-17 for the win. Second place would have came 42nd at Burnley. Um, so not a lot of depth in the half. Um, Ed Goddard and Ainsley Van Graan won the 10K in 29-22 and 33-51. Um, they had 3,447 finishes in the marathon. And so this was a significant year for Sydney because it was the first of, I think, three where they get to um, put forward a case to become a world made marathon major. So to sit next to Berlin, Chicago, London, New York, Boston and Tokyo. Um, I'm not sure what the criteria is to be a world major. Uh, I don't I don't know exactly, but there were some things about like that we saw from the footage that did not compare to those races we just mentioned, the big majors. And for me, like I thought the finish line was was outright dangerous. Watching two seven marathoners, these are literally the best guys in the world, like the top echelon, having to negotiate like ninety degree turns on a two-meter wide path running up the back of the half marathoners. Um, I saw one collision. I think I sent, sent you footage of of the third-place guy running into a half marathoner who was sort of just walking into the finish. Um, they ran through a dirt section, so where they were on dirt, which isn't conducive to running 2.7, mm-hmm. so it's pretty amazing they've done it. Um, footpaths next to cafes where like the people at the cafes don't even really know that there's a race going on yeah and then coming down the finish chute there were no distance markers and so no one knew where the finish was and it was a mass confusion in the men's sprint because they didn't like they couldn't tell exactly how far there was to go so they were looking at their watch the entire way down and you could you could see there's a bit of a scramble they turned one got the guy in front Kibet turned the last corner saw the finish tape and he's like all oh, right there's the finish i better like and then they just unleash a sprint um it was a bit of a shambles to be honest the last 3k i thought a lot of twist and turn and, and even just like poles and stuff like in yeah the, light poles yeah yeah bollards things like that um yeah it's different to what you see i'm just trying to um look up how many participants they need to get to to tick that criteria off do you guys know that no i don't like i'm with you though moose and, and brady like i just feel like if they want to be in the same category as a berlin or you know the other world marathon majors the whole marathon needs to be on major roads like i so i don't know how, well, it's been going for about 20 years this event now and i get like in its early days it was more about showcasing the um the highlights of sydney so obviously you run over the harbour bridge you then go down to Centennial Park and then you come back and then you go through like Darling Harbour and then, you know, you finish at the Opera House. So like I get the appeal in that, but that twisty turny section in the second half of the race where they're running on footpaths to get them through Darling Harbour, to get them to finish at the Opera House, I think 
makes it hard to put this in the same category as a Berlin. Um, like what I would like to see is they go further south than Centennial Park. So stay on the major roads. So they run down like Anzac Parade. Anzac Parade is like pretty flat and you can probably run another five to 10 kilometres down that main road on a major road that's dead flat and then come back and you would take all that twisty turny section out um, in the second half of the race. Uh, so I feel like that's what they need to do if they want to make it a super fast course and avoid paths and dirt paths and um, and that last couple of K finish. Yeah, there's, there's it doesn't have to be super fast, I don't think, um, because you've got New York and Boston who they've got historical elements to it and obviously New York you go through the five boroughs it's it's an epic race but and and so I, I like Sydney obviously like you said trying to showcase the Harbour Bridge Darling Harbour Opera House but it's at the moment that's at the expense of the the course yeah um, and so I like yeah you're you're right you need to make it on major roads has to be uh, and you've got to compromise probably some of the sightseeing just for wider roads, um, faster course, probably better experience for the, the front end, I guess. And uh, at 3,000 people, you can, you can have that two-meter wide path at the, at the very end. But if, you, if you're thinking like Boston, Berlin, 50,000, 60,000 people, you you can't you're not going to fit them in there. Um, it's mm. you need like massive roads to fit for the the runners to be on and finish in. But the other the other thing I the other thing I wonder with this event is you look at all the other um, marathon majors. They don't have a 10k on the same day. They don't have a half marathon. Like yes, they might have a um, like Boston might have a 5k the day before or something. But the fact that they've got a 10k a half and the marathon at Sydney. For them to be a world marathon major, I feel like the marathon needs to be the standalone event, and that's the that's the only event that's on the Sunday. If you want to have other other events, it's on a different day. Yeah, I, I reckon they're they're trying to grow the event, and then I reckon they'll have to pull it, pull those off. Um, they kind of got to get a bit of a following up um, by by doing more entry level stuff, where more accessible events build their database, uh, build the the experience, I guess, and then transition them to the marathon. That's what I'm sort of mm. seeing there at the moment. But you're you're right. Maybe keep the the run the bridge or whatever it's called on on Saturday. Cut it down to five k, and and get rid of the half. And then the marathon is the focus point. I guess the issue I have though is getting the getting the Harbour Bridge closed for two days. Like that that'll be like that'll be impossible. So um, the other events would need to if they have it on a separate day would need to just not run over the Harbour Bridge. Because there's no way they'll get that closed for a whole weekend, surely. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess that's one of the things. Like, yeah, maybe the 5K can be in Centennial Park or whatever. Mm, yeah. yeah. I need to talk about that, fellas. Australia's premier micronutrition brand, Pillar Performance, is the leading choice when it comes to high-strength formulations to power Australian running performance. Pillar's range is purposely formulated to support optimal recovery, elevate energy production, relieve joint inflammation, and boost immunity, providing potent, targeted micronutrition support to middle and long distance runners. The Pillar range is now completely informed sports certified, meaning all Pillar products are independently batch tested 
and athlete safe. This commitment to quality and clean sport now sees Pillar used by more than 40 professional sporting teams and countless individual athletes across the country. The Pillar team is celebrating the recent launch of their Ultra Immune C Powder, an immunity-boosting formula featuring a high-strength dose of vitamin C, zinc, and vitamin D. The perfect partner for a heavy training block or race preparation, Ultra Immune C, has been developed in consultation with leading professional sporting organizations to address the specific immunity challenges associated with run-down athletes. The powerful combination of immunity-boosting micros is delivered in a light powder and features a delicious tropical twist, keeping your immune system firing in even the toughest conditions. To celebrate this release, the Pillar team has an exclusive offer for Inside Running podcast listeners. Head to their website and use the code SKIPSICK to receive a $10 off Ultra Immune C. That's S-K-I-P-S-I-C-K. To redeem this offer, or for more information on Pillar Performance and their range of sports micronutrition, head to pillarperformance.shop. Let's move on though, we'll go to Adelaide next. The city to the bay was over there, 12k, point to point, from the city to the bay. Jack Rayner saw him race for the first time in a while. He won in 34.22, won by just one second to Matt Clark, 34.23. Liam Adams in third, about 25 seconds back from Jack in 34.47. Jessica Stenson had a big win in the women's. She ran 38.43. Caitlin Adams was second, 39.29. Georgia Hansen, the Australian cross-country champion, was third in 40.06. Close race. Wish I saw some footage of this, but didn't see anything. You boys seen anything? Jess is fit. No. We knew that. I haven't seen anything. Yeah. Would have been Nice. Good to see Jack back in form again, 250 per K average for 12K. Good races. It's um, down to the city, down to the, <laughs> the bay. Have you enough. done it? Um, I've done it one year. Have you? Yeah, I did it uh, oh, 2014 or 15, and it's very fast, like really fast, especially early. So you can. I got caught up. I, I went through 5K in like 15 minutes. And, and then cooked it in the in the back half. Oh, I think Jakob Cox may have beaten me that day, but it was it was very uh, like I thought it was like like it felt iconic um, doing that run. And I reckon they can build that up. And like a lot of fast guys go there, they look after the elites with prize money, and um, they build up that that's sort of part of the race, like the elite field. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good atmosphere. Yeah, one of those ones I want to tick off for sure. Is it a bit downhill? It is yeah, downhill. The yeah. whole way? Yeah, if you look at any, like if you look at um, Jack's Strava, yeah, it's like significantly downhill. Oh, yeah, every goal is on now. Fast. It's, yeah. it's where you go to run a good tank. Like you can go through in 10K PB for sure. Hmm. I have to have a crack at that. Jess is fit, boys. Big dominant win there, 46 seconds. That must be what, 312 average? Yeah, I think she, yeah, I think I saw on Strava it was about three twelves. They have a half marathon as well. We spoke about that last week. I think I was talking about easier prize money if you want to go do the half because I think all the um all the Australian championships point of it is the twelve K. But Izzy Bat Doyle, she won that in seventy one twenty six. Tiana Sieta was second in one twenty five oh five and Claire Stanley was third in one twenty six forty seven. 
in the men's. Mamu Mutai, he won that in 69.35. Brian Nichols was second in 70.52. Jack Hunter, I reckon he's one of your AH Elite boys croaks. He was he uh, third in 71.51. So they've they've got to meet they've got some good prize money in those events compared to because I think it was the same prize money in the really? half marathon to the twelve. Mm. I think the oh, first prize was definitely definitely the same. Let me look that up though, so I get it right. So this, as a fan of athletics, I hate this. Like you've got Izzy Bat Doyle coming back, going up against like going up against Jess Stenson, Caitlin Adams. In South Australia, you want to see these girls race against each other. Like, these are some of the best athletes in the country. You've got one race over there, City to Bay. It's iconic. It's special. As a South Australian, I reckon this is one that you always try to get up for. But then they've had another race, and all of a sudden we lose one of the athletes um, to it. And it's disappointing. Like, this is a problem in other states. I know, like... Other events where you spread the athletes around, and all of a sudden it dilutes the fields, and and you're not seeing the best athletes go up against each other, and that's what happened here. So I was really disappointed to see that um, that Izzy raced the mm. half, and yeah, she's doing Melbourne Marathon, but I, I I'm not sure whether I still think racing that the 12k just as beneficial as doing a half. I um I don't have an issue with events putting on like multiple distances. Where I draw the line is for iconic events. So City Bay's been around for a long time, and it's always been just the one race. Or they might have had like a kids, you know, they might have a short short distance, but it's always been like the main race is the twelve k, and then they bring in yeah like a half marathon. And as you said, it does dilute it. I know they did the same thing here in Canberra. Like the Canberra Times ten k had been around since like the sixties, and then um when fairfax started like buying up all these fun runs and adding like a 14k because city to surf was 14k so they thought that every city needed to have a 14k race there was then a 10k and a 14k and the same thing happened it just diluted the fields and it sort of took away from that iconic event that had been in the town for you know 40 years um so yeah i'd like to see though like you know it's like it'd be like bernie 10 putting on a half you know, Bernie Tan is iconic. It's a 10K, and that's that's the main event. You well, go there to run a 10K. Croaks put on a half, and they've kind of done it successfully. Yeah, they don't have the history, though. They don't okay. have the history of Bernie, of, you know, City Bay, Canberra Times 10K. Like, you know, still diluted been, it, too. They're, yeah. Well, they still diluted it, but, but I feel like if it's a new event, then that's okay. But for an iconic event that's been around for 30, 40 years, like, that should be the standalone event. You make a good point. I did get the prize money kind of. I got it right and wrong. The first prize was the same, $3,000. But then in the 12K, they went 2000 one and a half, one, 500 whereas the half went 3500 Jesus. So someone's run over 70 minutes and got $1,500. Whereas you could yeah. put that money, you could, pay, you could pay either more for the 12K or pay deeper. Put that money, you know, to um, yeah, pay pay a bit deeper in the twelve k. Whereas who comes sixth in the twelve k? They've got nothing. Well, it was it was someone ahead of Riley Cox who came seventh. It'd be someone pretty decent. It'd be a name we know. I'm just opening up the results now. Been a bit of this going on tonight. Just open up results as we're talking. Um, you don't normally need seventh place, do you? Yeah, you don't usually, do you? 
all genders, male. Um, so yeah, but still, good quality road racing over there. I can't, it's not even working for me now, fella, so I'm not sure. Just whoever comes six, I'm sorry. We're not going to be able to say your name on the show. Oh, it's, it's not loading for me. Done them dirty here. Sorry. Let's <laughs> go to uh, Town Real, as we've spoken about. Um, Box Hill were third. Jawan was second. Bendigo were first. Seth O'Donnell fasted the day, 10.41. Andy Buchanan second, 10.42. Lockie Hurd, he's had a great season, third. In ten forty eight, yeah, fast day. I think Andy's yeah. pretty much ran his same time as he did um in those run the town races around there. Yeah, but they all come in saying it was a fast day, so um pretty good there. In the women's, Glenn Huntley won. They had five legs, sixty six forty two, Box Hill second, sixty eight forty nine, South Melbourne third, sixty nine twenty seven, Lyndon Hall fast of the day. 1226, Sarah Billings, second fastest, 1229, Madeline Murray, third fastest, 1234. I think those ladies all ran different legs too, so all kind of doing their mm. own thing out there, but come in pretty similar times. For the year, Glenn Huntley got the win, South Melbourne second, Box Hill third. Um, and then the last bit of news, Croaks, I thought this would be right up your alley, this one. I didn't even know about this until you put it in here tonight. It's amazing, isn't it? I love, I love, we wouldn't have talked about this stuff a couple of years ago, but I like it now. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. So the world 24-hour record was broken. So in 24 hours, uh, Alexander Sorokin ran 319.614 kilometres, which is an average of 430 per kilometre or 715 per mile. Um, Which is impressive when you can, like, these guys, like, just don't need sleep, I'm guessing. They just, you know... Whereas I, hours, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, they wouldn't sleep. Um, yeah. Not if you're averaging 4.30, <laughs> shit. It's not like you run four-minute Ks and have a break, I, I don't think. No, I think he, no yeah. I think he was going the whole time. Yeah, he would have been. You have to go watch one, Brady. Oh, yeah. I've got nothing better to do with 24 hours. <laughs> 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 On a track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he uploaded to Strava too. I saw something floating around, which is pretty cool. Uh, that's good. Listen to question croaks. Which one are you going to go for? There's a few here. Yeah, I might go the bottom one, actually. Well, it's an interesting question. It's a bit more probably moose-related, maybe, but um, and a bit, bit shoe-geeky. But uh, something I've always wondered about the super shoes, how much difference would they make to an average runner? So to put it into context, would a four-hour marathon runner be better off getting a pair of super shoes at $300 or continue spending $200 on everyday runners like a Pegasus and spend the extra 100 on some focused coaching or nutrition sessions. Uh, And the second part of that is also, what do you think the average marathon time is for your listeners? Thanks, uh, Garrett. Hmm, Good question. Hmm. Just coming Uh, yesterday, Croaks, this one as well. The other one just skipped a bean sitting there for about three weeks. So sorry to those people who are late, (laughs) but we'll get to you one week. What are you, we should do a census, boys, I was thinking. We yeah, put, put out that a, is a good question. Put out our survey on our social media because then you can form the content of the show to suit the listeners. I, I will go average marathon time of mm, 3.40. Yeah, I would have no idea, to be honest. Yeah, I, I reckon 3.40. I mean, you look at a, a, a normal fun run, um, normal fun runs, what, like four and a half? Yeah. Oh, sorry. We are pretty nerdy on here, though. 
Yeah, but I think if you're looking at the average, like as as Moose said, like the average of a fun run is is significantly slower than that for the marathon. But you'd think that the people that listen to this are probably like a little bit more accomplished than than the average, I guess, person at a fun run. Mm. But obviously, we just we just picked a number out of the sky. Who do you reckon the fastest is? Fastest what listener? Listener. Whoa, gee, fastest marathoner. <sighs> Malcolm Hicks. No, we'd have faster listen than Brett Malcolm. Robinson. Yeah. Do you reckon he listens? Yeah. Do you reckon Mona listens? No, I don't think Mona listens. <laughs> or Sean Crichton? No, he doesn't listen. Could be Malcolm Actually, just write in. If you think if you think you're the fastest, if you got think you've got the fastest marathon PV and you listen to the show, write in. And just for a bit of a like unofficial census, I will get around to organising like a Google survey or something. But just on this week's um, just on this week's promo on Instagram, can you just leave a comment with your marathon PB? Let's no, just... let's do a proper let's do a proper one a poll like, mm. and then okay. you can, you can do a, do all the math on it. As I'm trying to skip that stuff, but yeah, I'm sure Google just spits out a graph or something. But I reckon yeah. you just had um, or how many how many things can you have on Instagram? Like how many options? No, I was just going to get people to leave a comment and just, yeah. just flick through them all. Yeah. Because if, if you could set up a poll, better, yeah. if you set up a poll where it's like, you know, sub three hours, sub 315, sub 330, sub 345, and then see where the majority sit. Yeah, okay. Yep. We'll sort Good. that out. Yeah. I like that. What about the first part of the question? I'm going to go the coaching for sure. Are you kidding? Over the super shoes. Well, yeah. The, the question is, do you get more? Do you get more 100%. advantage by being a four, like th- like the slower you are? Do you get like well from a time point of view? You know, like the top guys might get a couple of minutes with the super shoot, whereas a four hour marathoner might get fifteen minutes. I don't know. Is that? It's a it's a loaded question. It, there's a lot to it, and it's not just there is no right answer. <laughs> um, I'm going to say for a hundred dollars on coaching. You're not getting a lot of coaching. Oh really, yeah, I meant a hundred dollars a month for twelve months. Yeah, but you're not buying a th- You're not buying the shoes every month. Yeah, true. Um, so and and why not both? <laughs> like, <laughs> and you, yeah. very predictable coming from Moose. <laughs> considering <laughs> the next, considering next segment's purchase of the week. <laughs> and uh, considering the guy owns a shoe store and a coaching business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is uh, we often have this conversation if you can find a super shoe that feels stable enough to handle what your gait looks like at the three and a half hour marathon like the three and a half hour mark of a marathon or the four hour mark of a marathon if you can find one that's stable still comfortable and is not um detrimental to your running at that point then yes you will definitely benefit from that shoe especially when you consider like one of the benefits of these super shoes is people's legs aren't banged up at you know the the latter stage of a marathon compared to the old shoes and um you know you'd have to think that the people that are running four hour marathons like the legs are the things they're going to be beat up even more than the guys running two hours 30 because they're out there for so much longer so if these super shoes can you know protect protect their legs a little bit better then they're going to get significant benefit um but i guess as you said moose the the key for those people are like is the shoe going to be stable enough is it going to do more damage Mm. over that period of time 
And the, the problem is that the cuts of these shoes are often performance cuts where they're quite narrow. Uh, they have narrow midfoots. Um, the toe boxes are shallower. And so you get a lot more potential for foot issues when you have that sort of cut. And for someone going like two and a half hours, maybe not as much risk as someone out there for four hours. Um, Cause the longer you're out there, the more friction you get, the wetter your foot gets, the, the more your gait pattern changes, um, the more risk there is. Mm. So I, it's a tricky one. There's there's ne- there's now more stable shoes. The new Alpha Fly Two has a broader platform, larger rear foot um, striking area. Like uh, so, you're gonna have a bit more of an accommodating shoe for someone who's shuffling towards the end of the race. Um, the very the, the, the Vaporfly I see a lot of problems with in terms of how narrow it is through the rear foot. Um, but the Alpha is better for that. And there are a range of shoes now that are more um, forgiving for for someone who's not up on their, their toes. And like, let's be honest, four-hour marathon, there's probably some walking patches through there. There's probably some, like, walks through drink stations. Um, so we've got to consider that. And I often wonder whether, like, the benefit that they might get from the first two hours is undone by the detriments for the last 30 to 45 minutes with these shoes when it does turn into more like a death march or a, or a slow shuffle. Uh, there's just no there's just mm. no conclusive answer. It's a good question. Like it's an interesting question, but yeah, it is yeah. but it is very I guess it's individual. That's and a lot depends on how much he knows about roan training and stuff as well. Read the coaching bit. Do you know what I mean? He might know plenty. I reckon mm. that's more like sit in the shoe thing hey sorry cut out then i reckon that's more like a throwaway thing at the end rather than like i don't think he's really asking about the coaching or nutrition he wants to know about the shoes yeah okay he knows about it now next part of the show boys we're going to move on to our melbourne marathon segment this week is an interview with Brody harper she's an ambassador of the event and the name might be familiar to listeners as she's a channel nine presenter of postcards and also a nutritionist this segment is brought to you by the 2022 Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival, returning Sunday, the 2nd of October. Run past the city's most loved landmarks and finish on the hallowed turf of the MCG. Secure your spot at melbournemarathon.com.au. Okay, this week for the Nike Melbourne Marathon segment, I'm joined for a quick chat with TV personality and recreational runner Brody Harper. Many of you will recognize Brody from your TV screens. Brody has worked on the Channel 9 television show Postcards for the last 14 years, and she has recently become a sports nutritionist. Often we talk about the elites and the fast runners on the Inside Running podcast, but the Melbourne Marathon Festival means a lot to runners of all abilities. And today we're going to hear about what the event means to one of their ambassadors. Brody, welcome to the Inside Running podcast, and thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. We were just talking off air about how the excitement is building for the Nike Melbourne Marathon just under two weeks away. And um, how are you feeling at your end about it this year? Well, from my end, I'm actually taking the easy route this year and doing the 5K run with my daughter, the the Good Sport 5K, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm excited about getting the younger generation involved. But I still feel those nerves and angst for everyone doing the marathon and the half marathon. I have a few friends doing the marathon um, and I'm really excited for them to be doing it. And 
I mean, I am such a passionate person about Melbourne. I, I've travelled everywhere there is in Victoria. I live and breathe this state and I just think the Melbourne Marathon is such a fabulous event and it, I'm so excited just for the day in general. What about the event excites you the most? Like I know you completed the event the first time in uh, 2016. That was kind of your marathon debut, the super windy year, we like to refer that one as. But, <laughs> but what about the event, yeah, really um, gets you going, I suppose? Well, I guess if we were to backtrack, pre-motherhood, I was not a runner at all. Um, I wouldn't even run to the letterbox. And once I'd given birth, I realized just what I was capable of. And so I gradually, once I'd had my daughter, built my distances up with the Melbourne Marathon. With, you know, I, I started with the 10, then I went to the half, and then I went to the full. And so it's really encouraged my running. And if the Melbourne Marathon wasn't there, I probably wouldn't be a runner today. So I owe everything I've ever done to the Melbourne Marathon purely for that and I guess it doesn't matter where I'm at on what year depending whether or not I feel like running the full marathon whether I feel like a half whether I, you know I mean there's these I've, I've tried to PB a half marathon and then there was the year I did my full with Melbourne I I think it's got so many options for everybody that that is exciting and such an eventful day that you really just want to be a part of so like I said, this year I'll be running the 5K with my family and I love that my daughter will get to feel that excitement of being part of the Melbourne Marathon. And for her, 5Ks when she's nine years old with little legs is the equivalent probably to somebody running a half. And so I love that she can feel that and, and I'll probably get just as much from watching her enjoy that as what I would from running a half or a full myself. Yeah, it's pretty special that you can experience that with your family members. And um, take me back to that day in 2016, your first one, <laughs> fond memories. Did you hit the wall? Any war stories? Oh, wow. Well, as you said before, it was super windy and I was just looking for anyone bigger than me to draft <laughs> and to try to run behind. Um, my husband was super supportive and helpful being it was my first marathon and uh, what I love about Melbourne with the course is that he was able to run from point to point to meet me with my nutrition and to refill my, my bottles with my hydration. And obviously I'd been training with certain, um, certain nutrition and certain hydration supplements. And so I wanted to try to stick to that, but I didn't want to on my first marathon be lugging around anything. So he would meet me, whether it be in Albert park and then out on, you know, near Port Melbourne and, he was able to do that, whereas many marathons around the world, it's kind of point to point and, and there's not that opportunity for family members to be at multiple spots. So he ended up doing 14 Ks that day, supporting me just by meeting me at different, at different points. Um, but he really kind of just, just helped keep me calm. It's a big thing doing your first one. And it wasn't super fast, but I maintained six minute Ks for, from, you know, start to finish and, and I didn't, I didn't blow up. I didn't push hard. I didn't, I, I just did it right. And that was the plan. And then I crossed the finish line. Although I do remember when you're running down St Kilda Road and you see the MCG and you feel like you're on that home stretch and you're almost there. And then you have to do that, that hook turn and head back towards the tan. That was probably like the toughest bit for me mentally wrapping around my head that I was running away from the finish line. But then 
once we kind of looped back around again and knowing that I was almost there and running onto the G and that all of my family and friends would be in the MCG cheering for me and my daughter would be there. The sense of achievement is really like nothing else, is it? Like, you know, you know, you're, you're capable of anything in life once you've, you've run a marathon. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny, we actually uh, previewed the course last year and I I um, said that same part of the course that it was probably the most challenging bit when you kind of yeah. take the left at the art center, you kind of go down a little hill and then under the bridge, it's a bit dark. And then, you know, you still got to climb the hill up to the shrine yeah. there. And um, yeah, it's interesting that you brought up the same bit. So any listeners preparing for Melbourne in less than two weeks, uh, there's two people now that have told you to watch out for that part of the course. <laughs> um, Brody, you You'll run- get there though. You do get there. Oh, I think it makes the finish even more special. Then when you do 100%. hit the top of the hill to come back home, you're like, okay, now I definitely know it's all behind me and it's time to uh, get yourself to the MCG. Yes, 100%. How do you go with like the, you know, the being a mum, such a busy role on TV and now as a nutritionist as well? Like how do you go juggling and fitting in all the training? <laughs> you need to be organised. Um, I really find that, you can't be too hard on yourself for starters if you have to miss a day just just because the the program says that you're meant to train that day doesn't mean you will you just have to do your best and you can't be hard on yourself but i i find that if i schedule a training session in as i would the same i would work that is the easiest way for me so i do, i lock it in at the moment i've kind of been a bit here and there um with work and travel and everything, I, I've been waking up at between 5, 5.30 every day. So I know I've got my training done and then everything else can work around it. So there's a lot of discipline there. Um, but oh, you only live once. Hence the reason I went back to uni during COVID to study nutrition. We're only, you know, you're here for such a short time. And if there's something that interests you, I just think you just do it. Don't talk about it. So. I, I decided one day I wanted to run a marathon. I signed up to the Melbourne Marathon and I did it. I talked about studying nutrition. The opportunity came up. I did it. And it's not always easy, but, you know, what do you do? Just hmm. get it done. And are you really like an AM runner compared to PM? Like you like to get out the door early and knock it over to start your day the right way? 100%. If yeah. I don't run in the morning, it's not going to happen. Just I just I can't do afternoon, evening. I could do... Uh, a cross training session, maybe in the afternoon, if it was a walk or a yoga or, or something, a swim, even something a bit more gentle on my body. But um, I, a run, it is like just get up and get it done, one hundred percent. I wish I could be one of those people that could go whenever, but it just it starts my day as well, though, don't you think? Like yeah. I, I get my yeah. run done, and I'm in the best mood for the whole day. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't replace that for anything. It's, no, I couldn't agree it, more. It, it, it's probably equal to coffee. That's a very big call, yeah. but it's probably equal to a coffee. Yeah. Well, talking about the becoming a nutritionist, like do you have any handy tips for the runners? Um, any, or what, what do you do pre and post run? Have you got any favourites? We all tend to have our favourite things that we always go to pre and post run. Uh I have to, I definitely have to have coffee before I run, even if it's just a training session. It doesn't matter what time of the day I go. I need a coffee, even if I just make an instant. It's, it's, I don't know, it's probably a mental thing. Um, but then once you're getting into the longer runs, that's a different story. Because if you don't look after nutrition 
pre-run and then your nutrition post-run, you're not going to recover fast enough to then get back out to continue doing it the next day and the next day and so on and so on. So um, I really try to make sure that with the big runs that I start, particularly when I'm looking at a half or a full marathon and if I'm trying to get a good time, um, with my longer sessions, having the meal that I'll have on my race day to get my body used to it, which is a, whether it's a sandwich or a bagel with peanut butter, banana and honey, that's my favourite. And I know it sits well for me, but whatever it is that people like to have, as long as they're just getting their body used to that. And I like on race day, I would have mine around three hours before the event. And, um, and then post really making sure that you have, you know, something that will help you recover. That's what's great about the new Good Start drink is that it really kind of kicks off your electrolytes to hydrate, your natural dairy for the protein, for your muscle repair, and then your energy to refuel. Because if you don't look after your post-recovery, then you're not going to be out there fast enough because you won't have done everything that your body needs. I kind of think there's there's a few things when it comes to to your training for the marathon. Oh, it's it's with the preparation in your training is important. Your fuel with your pre-run and your post-run, and then and something that many people forget, and I probably am notorious too, is rest. Because if you don't rest, your body can't recover. And I think if you can tick off those three things, then you'll be good to go on race day. But never introduce anything new on race day yeah i couldn't agree more that like preparing your body for it the last couple of weeks and practicing it with the with the last couple of long runs and um even now with the race being less than two weeks away there's not a lot of fitness that can be gained but there's a no. lot more rest you can get and all those things you can kind of do to prepare to make sure you're standing on the start line healthy and well fueled and and ready to take on the marathon because it's quite a um challenging event hundred percent this at this stage it's really about just making sure that you don't injure yourself that your body's ready to go and that you're just in a good mental state so you know your hard work should have been done now and now it's starting to get to enjoy the fruits of the labor and and getting to enjoy the big event that that you've worked so hard to enjoy yeah. Hey, we've been talking about the half and the marathon, but not too much about the 5K. This is the uh, yes. 180 Nutrition Good Sport 5K. This is the one you're yes. the ambassador for, I think. Yes, um, that's right. Course, can you tell me much about the course? I know we talk about the 10K course occasionally, but not so much the 5K. Where does it go? The few hills over the bridge there? Yeah, it's just a nice course. I mean, being 5Ks, it, it obviously stays quite close to the G. So you've got just you know, like the bridge at the end, but I probably more importantly, the fact that then anyone doing it gets to finish on the MCG like everyone else. Cause mm. I think that's a really important part of the Melbourne marathon is, is getting to enjoy that thrill. It is. It's um, even though it's not filled like it is with the footy or the cricket on it, still an amazing feeling. It coming. doesn't oh, yeah, matter. It doesn't it at all. It really does it? doesn't matter. It's just, it's, it's entering up that, that ramp and what it doesn't I mean my daughter will feel it with me for the for the 5k people will feel it with 10 the the all of the events when you come up that ramp like you would if you were to be doing a special event at the MCG it that this is your event and 
and to some people that run marathons, the 5K might not seem like a long way, but but for many people it is. Also for some people it's just the thrill of being involved or, you know, for me it's going to be the smile on my daughter's face and having fun with her and, you know, it, it, whatever event you're doing, it means something to everyone. So that's why I was so excited to be part of the 5K for what 180 Nutrition Good Sport it was because it, for me it's not just about marathons, it's about sharing the love of running and I'm so glad I found running because it took me till I was in my 30s to find it. And so for anyone else that discovers it, whether you're young at nine years old with my daughter or, you know, you, you could be 80. It's, if you find that, that love of it, you know, like you, you just live it for the rest of your life. Yeah, and enjoy that last, like, 250, 300 metres when you get into the MCG as well. Like, don't, yeah, look up, take well, it all do you in. Know what? Don't hammer the last 250. Like, just enjoy the moment. Do you know what? I'll probably for once be able to actually enjoy that moment because I won't be thinking yeah. I'm about to die. <laughs> yeah, it feels like about 700 metres when you're finishing off the marathon, but hopefully yeah. the 5K, you'll be like, hey, this is okay. I've got it under control. I'll probably have the biggest smile on my face for the first time since doing a marathon event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, that's going to be super special. That's, uh, yeah, I really hope the weather's amazing and you can enjoy that. And, um, yeah, if any listeners see Brody out there, make sure to cheer her on on course with her daughter. Yeah. So, and if uh, not there, I'll make sure I'm around um, saying hi to everyone and, you know, um, hopefully handing out some of the 180 Nutrition Good Sports to everyone that needs some good recovery at the end as well. Oh, yeah, that first 15 minutes post-race really kickstart your recovery if any of that's pretty handy. Yeah, 100%. And they're good for that too. And they're super delicious. So yeah. <laughs> it's like a win-win. <laughs> Chocolate milk and runners, it's a good, uh, it's a good oh, match. Oh, like I'm a strawberry. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm okay. 100% strawberry, but each to their own. Yeah, that's it. Hey, Brody, <laughs> massive thanks for our joining us on the Inside Running podcast this week. There are limited spots still available, so register at the Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival today to secure your spot. It's coming up on Sunday, the 2nd of October. Your city, your run, melbournemarathon.com.au. Cheers, Brody. Thanks for having me. Rightio, Moose on the Loose, Purchase of the Week. Um, well, I just... I had some frequent fly points floating around. So I got a new barbecue and I put it together today. So that's kind of a purchase when you use points. We still call that a purchase. Yeah, you're paying for the points anyway, don't you, pretty much? Yeah, but you got to spend that money anyway. So it's like a bonus, I guess. It's like a bonus. It's like a bonus gift with your purchase of other things. Anyway, got this Weber. It's a Weber Spirit 2, it's called. Put it together today. It took me about four hours. A lot of swearing. Um, but, yeah, got it going. So that's a good that, – that'll be interesting. Work on our health, grilled meats, barbecue meat with salad, vegetables. Um, better than pastas and stuff when you're not running much. Anyway, uh, moose on the loose. Oh, there's been a bit going on now with Melbourne coming up. Um, it happens every year. Do you know what? I Like, the marathon is special, right? Like, you go and watch the end of a marathon, and there's a lot of emotion involved with finish lines. And it's emotion mainly because the people finish the line have overcome something terribly difficult, and they've overcome it through 
a long, disciplined commitment to their training where they've sacrificed things. And, like, they've got up early, they've run through bad weather, they've been sore, they've given up social events, whatever. They've, they've made a commitment to, 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 to completing a marathon and they've sacrificed stuff. They've, they've, they've been very disciplined in their training and their life leading into the race. They've, they've got through the challenge of the actual day, which is significant. And you can see them crossing the line, very proud of themselves, um, very satisfied with, with the finish. Um, and I've got a lot of respect for that. A lot of time for that kind of um, commitment involved. That's why we love the marathon. That's why I love watching people finish marathons. It's a joy. If you haven't done it, go to a marathon finish line. Go to Melbourne, sit in the front the front line of the front row at the G and sit there from two hours, 10 all the way through to five hours, 10 it's a big day, but you'll walk away inspired because that that's nah, get on the road with 200 better. meters to go before you go into the MCG. No, no, no. The motions come, closer. The seen, motions seen the finishing out. shoot. Yeah. Yeah. The finishing shoots way more emotional. It's it all happens on the grass, Brady. Yeah. No one's no one's losing it out there yet. They've got to get in first. I see people collapse. That's out in the road, two hundred meters before the stadium. Now, my little moose on the loose is the this. It's it's semi disrespect. I think someone entering a marathon and not training for it, and just going and doing it in order to tick off a bucket list. Um, it. I don't, I don't love that. I mean, I, I like people running marathons. Great. I mean, we, we all love that. And, and yes, it's very difficult, especially if you don't train. Um, it'll be a very unpleasant, uncomfortable experience out there for you. But I just wonder how satisfied you are going through all that, knowing that you didn't prepare, commit, you weren't disciplined like the people around you were in terms of getting to that start line. Um, I just struggle with that a little bit. So I'm not like losing it at anybody. I just don't know whether someone out there who doesn't prepare for the event, who gets to 15K and starts their like breakdown and sort of shuffles, walks, basically just stumbles through the rest of the race like, yeah, they got through 42K like everyone else did. So well done. Kudos to that. But I just surely the satisfaction is a lot lower than someone who made this an important goal of their life over the last however long and they committed to it and trained for it. Um, there, is, there is a significant difference there. Mm, I agree. The second the – se- like doing it the second way, so like not training for it, like I – I would not return, I don't think. Because I remember, like, when we when we did Berlin together, I'd missed about probably five weeks of training in the lead-up to that. And I got through halfway, not even at, like, race pace. And my legs were cooked. Like, so if I ran the marathon that day, it would not have been fun. And I wouldn't say that I was not, you know, I, I'd still had strung together a fair bit of training in the lead up to that. It was just the last five weeks. I couldn't think of anything worse than not than not being prepared for an event. Um, and that's what makes running fun is you do actually have goals and, and, and you have, you follow that process. Yeah. And having a marathon on a bucket list 
is more than just going and getting through the distance. Like, that's not what makes it special. What makes it special is the lead up. Do you ever have these um, discussions with some athletes you coach? Because I know I have. Like, I've had athletes come to me and they're like, I, I really just want to run a marathon. And you look at how much, like, they're basically hardly running. They haven't run very fast over 5 and 10K. And I always try and pull them back and say, hey, let's actually just get some, like, training under your belt first and improve over the 5 and 10 and then slowly work your way up as opposed to just going – I'm going to do the marathon off very little training. Do you get do you get people come to you with that request and you try and sort of you know convince yeah, them to build up and, and do the shorter stuff first? Definitely. And uh, you you hope they listen. There are some people that just do want to do a marathon, um, and they are going about it the right way by approaching a coach and asking for advice and doing it properly. But those that are in it for a longer term thing will listen to you and go yeah let's take this sensible approach um in order to train for a marathon you need to do the, the those long runs and you can't do those long runs after completing a catch to 5k program like it's got to there's, there's so much more in between uh you need to prepare adequately to handle the training involved and and that's where that's what gets missed mainly is the preparation phase before the marathon gets uh ignored forgotten um, dismissed whereas i feel like that's probably the most important thing about marathon training is hitting the marathon block ready to ready to absorb it ready to take advantage of the long sessions not just struggle through them yeah good work there boys some good stuff any last uh training tips for people entering the taper few few listeners be in this boat hold your nerve Hold your nerve. Not like Christian from Norway. Don't get insecure at the last moment. Hold your nerve. You've done the right stuff. Yeah, you know, just trust it. Don't punch one last one, Moose. <laughs> that Don't, is sign yeah. of an insecure man right there who needs to go out and run a hard 30K 10 days before his race. Croaks, any wisdom? Uh, no, just don't try and prove your fitness now. Save it for race day. Yeah, trust in it. <laughs> Look back on your training if you need to get a, uh, a pump up, a bit of security. Mm. Don't have to worry about training hard between now and race day. Do all the other stuff so you can sort out. I was putting people in the direction of our um, or your interview, Moose, with uh, Steph Gaskell and Alan McCubbin. Late, oh, yeah. late November last year, people should be thinking about this. Like, what are you doing for your carb load? What are you doing with your nutrition, gel plan? Like, all that stuff mm. now. This is this is where you can make or break your race as well. Re-release that. That's a good idea. Get it up. Well, yeah, I might just actually re-release it instead of sending people yeah. back there. Yeah, no, I will. No, that's, I'll put it out valuable. later in the week. I think we've had them on twice. So I might put both their interviews together. Yeah, there was one that was specifically around this stuff, I reckon. But mm, I think the second yeah. one. Where's the first yeah. one? Yeah, I'll put the first one leading into the second one. Yep. That's Go a good idea. idea. Little good things to think about like that. Alrighty, hey boys, that's done talking Nike Melbourne Marathon. We've got our uh, live stream show. Remember we did this last year. Mona came on last year. Who else came on last yeah, year? Yeah. Brett Robinson Tim, came Tim on. Tim Crosby. Tim Crosby came on. We're doing it again. It's going to be this Sunday night at 7 at 30 p.m. Uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time, Bradley. I got that right, haven't I? Yeah. Um, daylight savings the week after. That's another thing to think about if you're doing Nike Melbourne Marathon. Daylight savings changes the night before. Ooh. So, um, hey, boys, did I tell you I entered Melbourne Marathon? You in, are you? What are you doing? 
chucked an entry in. Going to run a bit of the marathon at the start. Me and you both. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to be out the front, though. I've got I'm going to go, go, go back and listen to you just moose on the loose. <laughs> yeah. Did well, you pay no, for an entry? Uh, I got an entry, yeah. I put went through the official channel, got the entry. Um, what, for free? Who would you pay for it? I didn't pay for it, I'm but I got it. I've got a code for you I could have given you. How far, oh, are you going to, how far are you going to go, Moose, and at what pace? Yeah, who are you I'm going to go, I'm going to go, well, at this point, 15K, I think, at about 335s. Nah, that's sensible. That's the plan. Who are you pacing at that pace? Well, there'll be a few of the Surf Coast Track Club elites. Boys. Kieran, Kieran Payton, Doki. Um, Tell them to we'll, just go a tiny we'll bit you. quicker. I'm only going to be five seconds up the road, I think, seven seconds up the road. What, per K? Yeah. Oh, well, that's a lot. Ah, bank a bit of time early, I boys. Thought you, I thought you were pacing Nate. No, nah, I think I'm pacing um, Izzy now. All right. Yeah. Paid gig? Nah, not paid, mate. Just a way to do a workout. Mm. Just a way to get my workout done for the week. Oh, dumps his athlete pretty quick oh, for the glory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see you, Nate. <laughs> yeah, wants a bit of air time. See you, Nate. I know where the Instagram cameras will be. <laughs> Archie's pacing Nate, boys. Relax. Oh, you shouldn't do that, the, we've, got the, we've got the big fella organised down there. We've got now, those couple kids out front. We've got a couple of different options. A couple of different options. But because it's not a pay gig, I think they're just happy for me to pick and choose whichever one I want. But Izzy is an option. Um, there's also the Kenyan ladies out the front is also an option. And then there's Nath Stoat, who's also an option. So you've given Izzy's pace goal away. I like that. What did I say? Five to seven seconds ahead. Yeah, I think something like that. I'd have to reread. We'll ask, we'll ask Tim Crosby this uh, this sun, Sunday night because that's why we're talking about this stuff. That live show is happening. Tim Crosby will be back to preview the elite field. Um, ben Toomey from Morton is going to be there, and Izzy Bat Doyle is going to be there for one of the segments as well. So you can just ask her then, Moose, if you want to, and see oh, what I know her, now already. her plan is. But she what? She punched that half in again. She was one eleven something, one eleven thirty, maybe two weeks out. I can see what I can see what happens here. Brady starts pacing Izzy, and then sees like the Africans just up the road, Cameras. leaves Izzy, goes and jumps up there for a bit, and then I don't know, kicks down, catches up to Nath. Got, got a few blokes trying to break three hours. I might go drop back and pace them for a while as well. You just want to get a finishers medal, I reckon, boys. Anyway, no. that will be that. Me and Moose will be at the live show after the race. There, be able to share war stories there. Um, shoe geeks went out today everyone road to not to everyone to patreon road to berlin wednesday night thursday morning depending on how late that goes so keep an eye out for that one melbourne marathon after party after the live show there's a facebook event floating around if you want details there i think that's it boys i think that's it big show tonight mm. it's meant to be a quick one mm. what are you doing brad between now and next week working uh, a bit of work and hopefully stringing together seven days of running that's good. That's a goal. Moose, what are you doing? Same thing, I reckon. Did you, uh, on a, your, your birthday party's next week? Did you know? Oh, no, no. We're going later. But Pia's birthday's the week out. It's Melbourne weekend, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. But she put out the birthday invitation, wrong date. So oh. we, we're just got to, we've committed to the wrong date from now on. So Lily's, Hudson's is this week. So it goes Lily, Hudson, oh. um, Pia all in three weeks. Mm-hmm. What's Hudson like? Three? Three, yep. Where those three years to go, boys? Time flies when you're having fun. Is he bigger than you? Taller? Pretty close, yeah. Just got to get him to work on that bat design. You weren't happy with the way he drew yeah. that bat on that t shirt. But anyway, <laughs> he's going to be shattered when he listens to this when he's 20. 
All right, boys, we're done. We'll see you there next week, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. See you Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Oh, yeah, Sunday. See you then. Bye. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand, providing high-strength, informed, sports-certified formulations to support recovery, boost immunity, and relieve joint inflammation for endurance athletes. Available online now at pillarperformance.shop. Yeah.